The United Soccer Coaches is proud to present the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. That's right, the NSCAA is now the United Soccer Coaches. We aren't changing who we are, just what you call us. Start your free, no-risk trial membership today. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join today. We unite coaches at every level of the game around the passion of the game. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, and this is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. We promised you we would talk to every single championship coach, and we do that off the top. Jeremy Gunn, the head coach of the Stanford Cardinal men's soccer team, he has won back-to-back-to-back national championships Three titles in just six years at Stanford. He will kick off the show. Then Rob Kehoe, the director of college programs for the United Soccer Coaches, will break down the entire men's college cup and a look forward to the future of college soccer. Ian Barker, the six-year director of coaching education for the United Soccer Coaches, he'll kick off the 2018 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia this January. He'll talk about his opening presentation and what makes that event so spectacular. And then finally, another visit with another member of the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30. This time, it's Ashley Armstrong. We get things started first, though, by reminding you that you need to act now to secure the best rate on registration for the 2018 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. Register by Friday, December 15, that's Friday, December 15, to save $100 during the early registration period. On Saturday, December 16, the price increases for all attendees, so don't wait. Visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org to learn more and register today. And let's not wait much longer for Jeremy Gunn, the head coach of the Stanford Cardinal men's soccer team. Once again, for the third year in a row, your men's college cup champions and we'll join him after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help their customers save time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to find out more. Now, once again, here's our host, Dean Linky. This is the United Soccer Coaches. I am Dean Linky, and we started this year's podcast saying we do exactly what we did last year, and that's talk to every single championship coach. And in about 30 seconds, we are going to complete that promise as we'll be joined by the back-to-back-to-back Men's College Cup National Champion. We're talking about Jeremy Gunn, leader of the Stanford Cardinal. He's only been there six years, folks, and he's already won three national championships, making Stanford the program, the very best in men's college soccer. And Jeremy Gunn, this is getting old hat. I talked to you at the end of the season. I talked to you to start the season when we have the number one team in the country. And it's pretty fun, Coach. Thanks for being back with me again. Uh, it's, it's wonderful to be chatting again. And obviously to, to be honored in such a great position again, is um, it's, it's pretty cool, you know. Oh, it's so cool. You got to be flying high. I was so pleased to be able to see you in Philadelphia and see the smile on your face. I know you're in such a good place with your team and with your family. You got that beautiful young son who is so much fun. I mean, just everything's really clicking right now, right? Right through the weekend. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, we've had an incredible few years. And so, um, you know, obviously everybody involved, the staff, the players, all the support staff, we've 
And we've all worked super hard and we've managed to get quite a few things right. But um, just so many things have gone our way that um, uh, I think it's okay to give yourself a little pat on the back some of the time. But you also have to be smart enough to know that um, things won't always be like this and things won't always go your way, especially in a sport of soccer, which is such a fine line between winning and losing. Well, two years ago, you smoked Clemson in the final. Last year, you heard a little bit of uh, buzzing around about the fact that uh, you know it took penalty kicks to win it. This year, you took care of business. You started with a very good Akron team that can play some soccer, and I felt like, really, for the most part, you dominated that game, and that brilliant header was just one of the best goals you're ever going to see. So it was a nice start, right, on Friday night for your team? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you get to scout your opponents, and... Um, Throughout the tournament, we, we played some unbelievable attacking teams, um, and uh, certainly you you see what all of those programs are capable of, both defending and attacking. Um, there was uh, some unbelievable teams ahead of us, but um, throughout the tournament, we, we managed to keep that great balance again. You know, I think um, it's fair to say that we've kind of made a mark with being known as quite a, a rugged, tough team to play against, but... Um, we continued to defend fantastically with, without really needing to foul, without doing anything, just great team defending. But um, I think that what hopefully people can recognize from our players is the, the scintillating soccer we played. We, we played some of the best soccer we played throughout the season. And then going into the tournament, having the teams put forth in front of us, um, I just felt that we, we just got on a perfect run of complete performances where we're rock solid defensively, just, you know, giving up very few chances. And then still in these tight games, managed to carve out some, some great ones for ourselves. And, uh, yeah, the, the goal against um, Akron, I think, out of all the memories throughout the course, that's one, that one's going to stay with me for a long time because I think that, that type of strike play that you don't see as much and... Um, we won the ball in midfield with assertive defending and broke well and Corey peeled off into a perfect position. Just clipped that sort of ball that you dream of as a striker and then obviously Foster is a unique player and one that a lot of strikers would have been giving up the goat and just watching it go towards the defender but he he peeled away to, to make the centre-back not quite know where he was and then got across him at the perfect moment. So, um yeah, lots of great memories, but uh, probably you, you brought up the most perfect one for me, for sure. Yeah, me too. Fantastic call, by the way. That'd be that's the thing we're gonna do now is just put the mic on you down there and let you just call it. That was a phenomenal <laughs> breakdown, Coach. I love that. Well, listen, you knew if you got by Akron, it uh, wasn't gonna be an easy task. North Carolina or Indiana, fantastic teams, right? Indiana hadn't lost a game all year. You obviously uh, watched it. You saw Indiana get by North Carolina. You knew it was a team that hadn't lost. Talk about your message to the team before the game against this very good Indiana Hoosier team. Well, you know, again, you you scout and you see them, and I think you even call their games, don't you? So you know how good of a team they were. Um, And I I really um, liked what Indiana had, I think. You know, because, look, we we all have these discussions about styles of play and who likes what and what we think is better, but... You know, when I look at a team, some teams play a style that I, I really have no time for and I find quite boring. Um, and But, you know, whenever you look at a team, you look at Indiana, I, I thought they had a really good balance, just like we did, in that they uh, they had the solidity defensively. 
Um, and probably, I'd have to say, out of all the teams I saw, the only other team in the country that had a commitment to, to actual work rate across every position that, that we have. And so it was obvious why they were there. They had that ability to, to shut teams out, which they did an awful lot through the year. And they've also got great attacking players as well. And so um, it, was kind of that, it was that type of game that you looked at it and went, wow, this is going to be a really tough matchup for both teams, kind of for a lot of the same reasons, really. And uh, it proved that way. Um, there weren't a lot of chances in the game, but it wasn't because either team was trying to be boring and just completely stifle the game. But um, I think throughout the game, we, we just edged the better chances. You know, we had a couple of real good looks on goal, um, uh, weren't quite good enough to score. And so it was a really tight game where all the players can go away knowing that they put everything into it and knowing that they all played well, you know. But um, I think, it's, you know, I don't think people could argue with the outcome in the end because I, I just felt on the day we just managed to get a, a few more of those good attacking chances and we were just... A little bit more on the front foot. And then the overtime winner and yet another celebration that never gets old, right? Uh, a little bit cold there, but uh, everybody feeling pretty warm after that win and seeing your son all bundled up down on the field. I mean, this staff, you can tell this staff, this team, they're together, Coach. Yeah, they, they really are. And look, we, we spend so much time working, and I think that we all know this, no matter what profession we're in, that um, if you're going to spend a lot of time in, in the work you do and it becomes part of your life, then... The best thing to do is to surround yourself with good people, people that you enjoy having fun with, people that work is fun and enjoyable and that you, you have a great time with. And we've, we've managed to do that with the, with the teams we've created, that we've had you know, awesome guys who are pretty, pretty good student athletes, great soccer players as well, but also um, you know, a great staff. And um, it's, it's tough on the staff because you don't get a week at a time to prepare for all of these things. And, you know, we've had all these chats about wanting to change college soccer. And even though we've had some success in the current format, I'm 100% behind changing um, for all of the right reasons, but one that hasn't even been discussed, that it'd be nice as a staff and nice as players to actually look forward to these monumental occasions, you know, because we're on the stage in the final and, People will, you know, judge college soccer for what they saw, and I think it was a great product there last Sunday. But um, would have been even better if the teams had a week to prepare or longer, you know. So um, it's amazing what everybody does, but uh, it goes real quick for sure. Yeah, it does. Boy, they just jam it right in there, right? And I know that yeah. uh, all the coaches continue to work with uh, Rob Kehoe, who's also on this program with the goal of stretching it out and having that final celebration with the week off and maybe a sunny venue. Uh, in fact, you know, really anywhere in, in May or June, it's, you know, sunny, right? As opposed to it was, it, it was at times brutal cold too in Philadelphia, right? I mean, that's not easy, particularly coming all the way across the country. Yeah, we, we had to bounce back and forth a couple of times in the space of nine days, which was tough. But um, no, the, the, the weather, it, it ended up being kind to us because on the Sunday it was mm. nice and sunny and uh, the, you couldn't really complain about the conditions. The, the pitch was in mint condition yep. as well. Uh, it got snowed on all day Saturday. They covered it and shifted it off and uh, we ended up lucking out. I know there's been... Uh, a lot of finals played in a lot worse conditions. Uh was a little bit colder than what we used to, but nothing, nothing that was too bad, you know. We've had worse, that's for sure. 
One of the reasons we love having you on, not only because you're a champion, we have to have you come on. We won't let you not be on. But uh, you know that we also celebrate the championships at the other levels. And you know the value of that because of your eight-year career at Fort Lewis with a record of 123, 35, and 17, a national title with them as well. You appreciate the different levels of college soccer, Coach. Most definitely. I think, you know, it's it's funny, you know, when you get tryouts at the under-12 level of the club, everybody wants to go on the A-team and it's life and death and whatever. And the people miss the point. You should put yourself in an environment where it's going to be demanding, but where if you work hard, you're going to be able to strive towards success. And no matter what the division label, um, these journeys that the student-athletes have are unbelievable and they'll They'll bond people for the rest of their life and they'll provide some of the best educational opportunities people will ever have. That, um, you know, they'll all get degrees, but what you learn within these programs, struggling and competing and then finding ways of pushing yourself to greater heights, that's the best education that anybody can ever have. And so, um, no, congrats to everybody else out there who's who's finished the season, but also congrats to everybody who's a student athlete because if if you've got the self-discipline to do both things and to work hard at both, then um, that's a fantastic, uh, a really fun time of life, but also a, a real success for everyone. So if I look at this, I think it's maybe something like in the last 12 years you've been in the championship game, you know, 2006 Fort Lewis in the championship game, the year after winning in 2005, you were in the championship game for UNC Charlotte, 2011, and now the last three championship games. Uh, I tell you what, that's not bad. That's pretty fun to know that you're always playing in that last game, coach. Yeah, it won't always happen. Um, maybe I need to get smarter and cut the season short so I can have a bit of relaxation. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I've been I've been real fortunate. Like I said, we've we've managed to get some things right. There's no question about that. But um, a lot of things have to go your way, and you need a lot of people working hard together. And um, I think you know, in the different environments I've been in, we've had great support, great people, and we've managed to find those right formulas of enjoying the hard work and enjoying the push and enjoying the struggle. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll keep pushing. But um, I certainly know that um, as, as much as we've managed to have an unbelievable three years here, and, and for me personally, an unbelievable kind of stint, um, it won't always be this way. And so uh, um, if other people are taking it for granted, that's fine, but we certainly aren't. And, you know, we appreciate the fortunate position we're in for sure. Well, obviously you were enjoying your time in Charlotte leading that team to the 2011 title, but we got to mind everybody when you came over from England, you played for CSU Bakersfield, the Roadrunners. So you were familiar with California, albeit not really uh, Northern California, uh, for sure. And, and that's an interesting place, by the way. I've been there with uh, a game for Richie Grant, right? And um, yeah. but So I guess it wasn't a big stretch to say, oh, yeah, I can move to California. But tell me what you were thinking when you were going through that process. Uh, did you know you had the kind of team that in five, six years you'd already have three titles? No, you, you can never know that. You know, All you can ever guarantee is that you're going to work as hard as you can to be as good as you can be. But... That's all you can control because, meanwhile, there's lots of other great, great players, great coaches, great teams out there. And so um, I think that, you know, the team were right at the middle of the pack. We've been right at uh, 100th the year before. Um, But, you know, I knew the incredible opportunities at Stanford were there. 
and um, and they'd, they'd experienced great success in the past. And so um, there, there are a lot of good players. Just sometimes things don't quite go the right way during a certain period, and for whatever reason, sometimes change can be good, you know. Um, but I, I took the move out, out here because I knew that it was a culture and an environment that I wanted to be a part of. Um, you can learn so much from so many people. First, you know, if ever you stand still and think you've got it all figured out, then you might as well stop, you know. Um, and I, I just knew coming out to Stanford, I'd be surrounded by excellence in, in everything people do. And I'd be able to, to learn and rub shoulders with great people and hopefully continue to improve and hopefully continue to involve, evolve. And uh, <clears throat> I've managed to, to take experiences from some of the greats in soccer who come and visited and trained at our place and some of the greats in all other disciplines. And so, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing place. Um, I'm fortunate to be working there. Um, and, and, you know, when you, when you look around, everybody... Uh, we can we can say that okay well maybe we fit in now and that, that men's <laughs> soccer is uh, pulling their weight with things and that we can you know proudly sit at the table with everybody else. Yeah, maybe you can. I think you've only got you only got one major problem as far as I can see it, and, and let's get to that problem right now. The name of your son is your your newest son, Thomas. Tomas. Okay. So, you know, here's the thing. A lot of families use sports to teach kids the, you know, merits of winning and losing. Okay. Tomas doesn't know anything about losing. All right. So he's not going to be able to, to handle that. Right. All he's seen you do is win. And if he loses, you could have a problem right there, coach. I mean, it's been a nice little run for that young man. I think all, all he cares about is running around and eating right now. He's, he's not worrying about results at this point in time, and he, he's got a long time to not worry about any of that stuff for sure. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the, you, you're going to be back in Philadelphia for the United Soccer Coaches Convention, uh, where you'll probably be getting some more hardware. Why is that organization so important to you, Coach? It's it's an amazing it's an amazing event every year. I think it's a highlight for coaches because we get get together and you get to see lots of great people putting on sessions where where you can learn new things. Um, but also it's it's a really cool event that when you've been in the sport for a while, you walk down a corridor and you just keep smiling. You get seeing lots of people you haven't seen in a while. And you get to catch up with everybody because the, the soccer world becomes quite small when you've been in it a while. There's people you used to kick and people who used to kick you and, and now you're coaching and old or whatever. You know, it's it's great. And so, um, I mean, it's a huge organization that does so much good for the sport. And it's certainly an event that um, I think I've been going to since, goodness, I don't know, about 1994, I think, something like that. So uh, it, it's a great deal. Incredible. Back to back to back national champions as we no, Virginia did it three times. The only team to do it four times. Stanford going to try to tie them next year as well. Coach Gunn, I'm sorry that you had to turn down the volume doing your Indiana scouting, by the way. I apologize for that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Gunn, the top man, the head coach of Stanford Cardinal, your national champions yet again. Coach, thanks for kicking off our show. Yeah, thank you so much, and thanks to everybody for all the kind support they've given us. Really appreciate it. Jeremy Gunn, our last championship coach that we needed to talk to. He is in the books. When we come back, another visit with Rob Kehoe, the Director of College Programs for the United Soccer Coaches, putting a bowl on the Men's College Cup and looking ahead to the future of college soccer. Rob Kehoe, next. 
Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. I want to thank Jeremy Gunn, the head coach of Stanford, back-to-back-to-back national champion for the Stanford Cardinal men's soccer team, completing the double for the Stanford men and women for kicking things off. Now we're joined once again by Rob Kehoe, the director of college programs for the United Soccer Coaches. Rob, great to be with you again. Thanks, Dean. Terrific season. Yeah, indeed. I enjoyed seeing you in Philadelphia for the College Cup, and uh, let's get a recap on what we saw in Philadelphia for the Men's College Cup. Well, as you already stated, Stanford completes the season double by winning both the Women's Championship in Orlando and then finishing it off with the Men's Championship at Talon Energy Stadium in Philadelphia on Sunday. So it was quite a weekend. Uh, Actually, the games are played in the beautiful stadium. The setting is really terrific. And the NCAA and Villanova really did a fine job, as did Orlando and Central Florida the previous week, in hosting the event. It's interesting how in these College Cup events, they start off on Thursday with banquets for the participating teams and their coaching staffs and their administrators and Last week at Orlando, the banquet was up in one of the suites at the Orlando City Stadium, which was really a beautiful setting where they had the lights on on the stadium, and the teams went out and got their pictures taken with the backdrop of the stadium. And then in Philadelphia last Thursday, the event was at the Franklin Institute. So we all sat around the huge statue of Benjamin Franklin and enjoyed uh, the evening and in the evening what is also done united soccer coaches we make a presentation and charlie slagle our president presented the all-america selections that were competing in the college cup as well as those who were the mac herman semifinalists so that's always a highlight of this event the players don't know that they've been selected all-america because the announcement doesn't come out until the next day and so we give them a little bit of a uh an early present by making the announcement that night. They go up on stage, and it's very special. The games, they were very good games in my estimation. Really enjoyed watching all three. And the stars were shining and showing why they were selected as All-America players in Mac Herman's semifinalists, where you had Alan Wynn and Cameron Lindley of North Carolina, Jao Matinho from Akron, Grant Lillard and Andrew Goodman from Indiana, and then Foster Langsdorf and Tomas Hilliard Arce from Stanford. All of those players featured and were showcased in their games and, again, showed why they were selected. Uh, The games were tight. All four teams are stingy defensively, punctuated by Stanford, who throughout the course of the season allowed... 0.4 goals per game, and IU, they allowed only 0.3 goals per game, and certainly they showed with their strong goalkeepers, Nico Corti from Stanford and Trey Muse of IU, why they held their line so strongly throughout the season and were stingy defensively, as were Akron and North Carolina. 
in the first game, Akron and uh, Stanford, Foster Langsdorf opened the scoring with a world-class diving header. It was just an exceptional play. He came cutting across the box with a defender right on his shoulder, and the ball was played in low, and he just came flying and right about a foot and a half off the ground deflected that ball with a sharp header into the goal, which everybody was just in amazement of. And then Sam Werner finished it off in the second half on a counterattack and made the game 2-0, and that was the final separation. In the second game, IU and UNC went back and forth with some dangerous chances presented by both teams and then some exceptional saves by their keepers. That game separation was when Andrew Goodman tucked in a corner kick at the far post to seal three for IU. final was much the same as the IU versus North Carolina game, in my estimation, where it was back-to-back end-to-end, both teams showing strong defensively, but also showing some flavor in their attack. And it looked like the game may go to PKs. We got through the first overtime into the second overtime, and no one would have been surprised if that drama uh, ensued in, in terms of going to PKs. But early in the second overtime, Sam Werner picked a pocket of one of the IU players in their box and immediately hit a shot and roofed it in the top uh, of the center of the of the goal and Stanford went to celebration with their three-peat and again it was kind of a shock ending because of the nature of the game but it was really a terrific game and Stanford I think is a certainly a fitting champion they finished at 19-2 and 2 while IU closes at 18-1 and 6 and as I stated, all three games were very enjoyable, a good showcase for the quality of Division One men's soccer. All right, Rob Kehoe, great job breaking down the men's college cup. Can you give us kind of a summary of the year, please? When you look at college soccer, and we've been talking about Division One. That's been our focus throughout the season. But the whole season is an accumulation of 2,800-plus college teams playing in all divisions, both genders, and all the championships have been completed. Awards are being recognized. Rankings are done. And the only thing that still is outstanding is the Mac Herman Trophy announcement for Division One men's and women's soccer. And that will be announced on January 5th at the Missouri Athletic Club in St. Louis. So it's been a terrific year. And, I mean, if we had time to break down all of the exciting teams and championships uh, for the divisions, that would be a fun show. But it's been a, a wonderful year. And looking at the Division One men, my theme would be parity and some surprises. For instance, you have Akron that's not in the Power Five Conference, but they're always a strong team and a contender. But this year we had SMU, Fordham, Columbia, Western Michigan, Colgate, FIU, all in the hunt, all ended up in the top 25 rankings, as well as some other non-Power Five teams like Butler and Georgetown. On the men's side, the final United Soccer Coaches top 25, 13 of the top 25 were non Power Five conference teams, which again shows the difference in parity in the men's division. On the women's side, there's growing parity, but still dominated by the Power Five. In the United Soccer Coaches' final top 25 rankings, there are only five 
teams out of the Power Five conferences, and those were Princeton, Central Florida, Pepperdine, Georgetown, and Santa Clara. But if you look at their tournament, for instance, the first round games in the past, there used to be some really major differences in scores. You had nine nothing games, seven nothing games, and those were typical. This year, it wasn't the case at all. There were maybe a couple in that category, but you had Texas A&M that was a top 10 team in their first round game playing against Louisiana Lafayette and winning one to zero. And so the growing parity there, but still it's dominated by the power five in the, in that area. But it's very exciting to see in, in both categories, division one men, division one women, the continued strength of the game nationally at all levels and that parity growing in the competition being more and more strong. So what's next, Rob? We move to the business phase of the season for college soccer, and we're in the in preparation now for the United Soccer Coaches Convention, January 17th through 21st in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is always an exciting event and especially exciting when we go to cities like Philadelphia, where we've been there many times. They have a terrific convention center, and the setup there is very well suited to an exciting time of teaching the demonstrations and clinics, the seminars and workshops. But for college soccer, a lot of it is business. We have our divisional business meetings there from Wednesday through Friday, and so a lot of activity there in terms of how we can work to improve college soccer. And so that's the phase that we're working in now. And Convention registration, by the way, the early convention registration deadline is December 15th, this Friday. So for individuals that want to take advantage of the early registration rates, they need to get that done by Friday, December 15th. And then one of the things that you and I are working on the planning of that is always exciting for the college game is the college coaches reception. And the theme of that is leading the way, celebrating college soccer. And that will be Thursday evening, January the 18th, and that will be in the Independence Hall Ballroom. And the uh, time for that is 8 to 10. We're excited about that. We're in that. We will be celebrating the year and then recognizing with awards the staff of the year as well as other things like the Bill Jeffrey Award and the NISOA Award and the Platinum Ethics Award. So certainly a, an evening of celebration and recognition, and we're looking forward to that. And again, that's Thursday, January 18th, 8 to 10 o'clock in the evening. So we hope that all the college coaches that will be in attendance at the convention will show up for that time together. He knows how to plug it. Rob Kehoe, the Director of College Programs for the United Soccer Coaches. Happy holidays, Rob. Look forward to seeing you in Philadelphia. Very good, Dean. It's been a great year and terrific job that you've done on the podcast to provide the voice for the college game, so we appreciate that. That means so much coming from my good friend Rob Kehoe. Speaking of good friends, Ian Barker, the six-year top man for the Director of Coaching Education for the United Soccer Coaches. He kicks off the convention in Philadelphia in January. Beginning next week, it'll be all convention all the time. Two to three featured speakers every week right up to the convention will be a part of our podcast. Ian Barker starts that theme when we come back on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. 
By being a member of the United Soccer Coaches, you are a part of the world's largest network of soccer coaches. Here, you can find coaches who are passionate about bettering themselves and their players. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org to find out more. Now, once again, here's our host, Dean Linky. It's convention time, and Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for the United Soccer Coaches now in his sixth year will lead things off once again in Philadelphia for the convention in January, and he joins me now. Ian, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me, Dean. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's been an amazing year for soccer in this country indeed, and also, you know, filled with some ups and downs as we know the situation with the U.S. national team. But one thing for sure, we'll all come together, we'll be unified in Philadelphia, and you will kick it off. So that's where we want to start. Uh, Tell us uh, about your opening presentation in Philadelphia, please. Sure. Um, I'm going to try and do something a little bit different this year. Um, Previously, I've done sort of a progressive lesson plan from a a warm-up through some small group, bigger group, and then a final game with quite a lot of activity. And the reason I did those types of sessions was for a wide range of audience trying to give everybody a little bit of something. But this year, because there is a, a current contemporary interest in this notion of whole part whole or play train play, which is a methodology where you kind of start with a game, establish the challenges, and then train it, and then go back to the game. I'm going to try and do a session like that. So uh, it might not have as many component pieces as people are used to, but it might have a little bit more theory in there and a little bit more coaching what we see as opposed to coming in with a a lesson plan prepared. Well, you've seen a lot this year, the name change from NSCAA to United Soccer Coaches, the disappointment of the U.S. national team. As we reflect on the year that was, what stands out the most for you, Ian? Well, I think um, probably the current presidential run is, is really important. It's going to be important for all of us for a number of years. The disappointment with the Trinidad and Tobago result I think it can be looked at two ways. Definitely it will hurt the game a little bit. It will set us back. There will be less media attention, uh, some of the casual media attention. But I do think there's an opportunity, a small window of opportunity here right now for all of the the members of uh, U.S. soccer community to sort of evaluate their contributions and make sure that the disappointment of Trinidad and Tobago, the uh, continued success of our women's national team, and the relevance of U.S. soccer across the broader community is ensured. That means that the new president has to be sort of um, have a lot of will and ego, but also a lot of humility, and maybe um, try to bring the disparate parts of the U.S. soccer community, be it the pros or the, the youth or, um, or the college, uh, back together so we can kind of be a united front. So I think the word united seems to be pretty in the forefront of a lot of things this year. So well said, and with our new name, United Soccer Coaches. I love that answer from you, Ian, as you focus on the presidential race, because I feel like uh, one of the things with the new name, United Soccer Coaches, kind of allows us to also stand our own. But I also feel like under your leadership, the United Soccer Coaches has been able to, in fact, quote, stand on their own a little bit more. How important is it to have a good relationship with the U.S. Soccer Federation, though, on the other hand? Well, I think it's a great question because I think U.S. soccer has a unique set of challenges that are unlike that of many national federations. So for a number of reasons, there are all these youth organizations, U.S. Youth, U.S. Club, AYSO, say, et cetera, and the importance of high school college soccer is really, is really great, and that's different than anywhere else in the world. 
I think it's a lot of cats to herd for U.S. soccer, and I think a lot of those cats sometimes are not the best behaved. But by the same token, um, that is U.S. soccer's lot and mandate, and I would like to see increasing, uh, increasingly more efforts at inclusion and debate and discussion and less divisiveness. And I actually uh, tweeted about this after the disappointment with Trinidad and Tobago because Taylor Twelman suggested we all take some responsibility for the disappointment. And I think that's a good way to look at it. And I think if U.S. soccer sees that and then all of their members see that and we start to be a bit more respectful of all of the different communities, including grassroots, including high school, um, including semi-pro and indoor soccer, whatever it happens to be, I think we'd be better for it. You're hearing the distinguished accent of Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for the United Soccer Coaches. And you, you mentioned cats. I'm thinking about some of the big cats that you helped bring in this year to be presenters at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Who are some of those, quote, big cats that are can't miss in Philadelphia? Yeah, the, um, the can't miss session is the 6 o'clock session on Wednesday. The uh, Director of Coaching Education for the United Soccer Coaches does that one, and it's always... <laughs> always a, a packed house. Um, but uh, kidding aside, obviously Vicente Del Bosque uh, kind of stands out because this, this, in the modern era, I don't think there's any national team that's captured the imagination on the men's side the same way that the Spanish did in 8, 10, and 12. So Del Bosque, I'm sure, is going to pack the house. A couple of uh, interesting people in the psychology realm that really pack the rooms because they always present their content in a very populist fashion, as Bill Bezik and Dan Abrahams. They usually do really, really well. Uh, a great slate on the pro side, MLS and NWSL is represented really well, with Laura Harvey, Emma Hayes, Ziggy Schmidt, uh, amongst others. Tony Strudwick's coming in from Man United. Uh, Schalke will be there again. I counted just over a dozen uh, foreign FAs are presenting. Um, the colleges are well represented, uh, Shella Feynman, Becky Burley, um, and the club, the club environment through USC Soccer's workshop and through our invites. So, for example, DOCs like uh, Jen Gutman from Stoddard, David Conte from Rush here in Kansas, and then also NFHS will be uh, represented. So the broadest possible spectrum of the U.S. soccer community is going to be there. So anybody attending... You know, they can rub shoulders with, with Ziggy Schmidt or Anson Dorrance, or they can go and watch U.S. Youth Soccer, Grassroots, Top Soccer, Paralympic Soccer, and, and get, uh, get content that way. So it's a, it's, a, it's a busy time for sure. Finally, as you also know, it's uh, also a time for us to recognize those coaches that uh, stood above perhaps the others. And one of the things that um, I always think about when – like last week, we did the championship show, Ian, and we talked to both D2 championship coaches, both D3, all of the junior college coaches, all the NAIA coaches. I think of you because from the beginning of this podcast and any of the things we've done, you've always said, don't forget the little folks because they're doing some great things. Why is that so important to you? I think from a coaching perspective, um, and I would certainly would not want to forget the administration and the, the training staff and the support staff, but from a coaching perspective, I think most, most people who are head coaches out there, be they head coaches of youth teams or college teams or pros, it gets lonely. Um, nobody feels the results more strongly than the head coach. It doesn't matter how, how close you think you are as, as a fan or as an assistant coach or an administrator. Nobody feels it like the head coach. And when I think about you know, most recently the college, and you, I know you've um, talked to, to Jeremy just most recently, and congratulations on 
three straight for Jeremy at Stanford. When the season starts, there's a lot of hope and aspiration for everybody. It gets tough during the season. There are highs and lows. But it is quite a lonely profession at times, at any level. And so when we can come to, together at the end of a year and celebrate some, some individuals that rose above for various reasons, not just competitive success, but maybe giving back to community or looking after special players or looking after special aspects of the community, I think that's wholly appropriate. And I think the awards honoree type part of what we do as United Soccer Coaches is one of our great strengths because I just think we need to celebrate the role of coaches as often as we can. And we'll end this show with a final visit, another visit rather, with uh, one of our 30 under 30 members. And how about that program? I know you are super proud. Yeah, I think uh, most coaches, as we get older in our careers, the wins and losses are, are less of what we do. And sometimes you like to, if you, if I think if you're sincere, you pay it forward. So seeing these younger coaches who are putting a ton of time and effort into the career of coaching, uh, be it education, be it seeking out mentors, making sure they've got the right career pathways, cover letters, resumes, etc. Those of us that would like to see the game continue to grow and are confident and um, secure enough in ourselves to maybe see some of these young people do better than we did in our careers, um, it's great to work with them. You know, for anybody that wants to say that some of these younger coaches don't pay their dues or want a shortcut, I can assure you there's scores and scores of young coaches that are putting more time and effort in than um, some of their uh, predecessors in the game, and it's really inspiring to see those people. He covers all the bases. Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for the United Soccer Coaches. You heard the man. Wednesday night, January 17, 6 o'clock. It's going to be packed for the opening presentation from Ian Barker. Can't wait to see you, Ian. I know that uh, that's your time to shine. As always, really appreciate you being with us here to kickstart uh, our convention podcast coverage that will run right through the convention. Thank you so much, Ian. Well, thank you, Dean. And if we have a Podcaster of the Year award, I'll make sure you're nominated. (laughs) You're a good man. All right, Ian, take care. Cheers. Always delightful, always funny, Ian Barker, and always the great Segway man as we bring you another visit with a 30 under 30 member. It's Ashley Armstrong up next on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Want 15 extra hours each week? Team Snap can help give it to you. Their customers save tons of time every week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to find out more. Welcome back. Once again, you just heard Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for the United Soccer Coaches, end his interview talking about how much he loves the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 program, still going strong and still finding the top 15 women, top 15 men under 30 who are committed to the game and doing it around the passion and love of the game. And that's no different with Another member of this year's 30 Under 30 class. Her name is Ashley Armstrong, big-time goalkeeper, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. Wanted to stay in the game, and she continued to stay in the game, bouncing around in Colorado, and then went to the Ohio U program, and now is out in Utah. Ashley Armstrong, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, I've had so much fun getting to know all of the fine men and women that are part of this program. What made you want to send in your information and try to be selected? So I kind of just heard about it through other coaches that I've known, and they've said good things about it. And I wanted to get involved, and I wanted to continue to, as I get older, to help other coaches down the road and help 
other coaches help other players and just keep the education kind of going. Well, specifically, there's somebody right there in Colorado that actually took you with him coaching at a high school who was a 30 under 30 member. Tell us his name and uh, connection there, please. Yeah, his name's Jeremy Hayes. We actually met through coaching courses through the Premier and the Advanced National, and then we ended up coaching together through Heritage High School and then kind of just got talking a lot and ended up going to Mountain Vista together and another high school and kind of have just bounced ideas off each other since then. Was he a key person that told you to go ahead and enroll in this, or was it just after the fact? He has kind of told me good things about it. Um, I kind of decided to apply myself, but then I've heard about it through him and kind of just heard good things about it. All right, let's get to know Ashley Armstrong. Grew up in Castle Rock, Colorado. If you've never been, it's a fantastic place. Love driving from Colorado Springs to Denver and seeing Castle Rock. Beautiful golf course there where they used to have a major golf event called the International. Love Love Castle Rock. Talk about uh, your time at Castle Rock and then your decision to go to the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. I played at Douglas County High School in Castle Rock and with Real Colorado for club. And then my first years of college, I was actually in Nebraska at Dana College for two years and then kind of came back and decided Nebraska wasn't kind of a good fit for me, but came back to UCCS and loved it and kind of started the program, started their first year program there in 2008 and played there for two years and then unfortunately got a little injury my senior year but it was still a great place to be and then I was a graduate assistant the last semester. Yeah you're right Uh, a terrible injury your senior year talk about what happened. I came out for a breakaway as a goalkeeper and it was just kind of a wet wet rainy day and I came out for a breakaway and got the ball and this girl came in late cleat up slid into my face shattered my entire nose, had a bone sticking through my skin, and yeah, then had reconstructive surgery and cast on my face, and good to go now, though. (laughs) Well, clearly, though, you enjoyed your time there, because as you just mentioned, you decided to stay on as a grad assistant. Talk about that experience. That was kind of where I started liking coaching a lot. Graduate assistant, and then I also, at the same time, kind of helped with a smaller high school there as a goalkeeper coach, and kind of those two things put together kind of just helped me realize that I like to stay involved in the game and I would like to continue helping kids and learn from other coaches and I think that just kind of got me involved in the coaching side of the game. All right so now you're looking for a full-time job you bounce around with a couple clubs in Colorado you get involved in the high school game talk about that process for those uh, few years after you left University of Colorado Colorado Springs. I graduated and then I went back home, lived at home for a couple of years in Castle Rock and worked for Colorado Storm as a recreational administrator and then coached other teams and goalkeepers. That happened for a year and then I went a little bit further north, was able to kind of get out on my own and to Colorado United, biggest part of my coaching career so far, I think, and I started out just coaching goalkeepers, and then they didn't exactly have a team to start, So I, but they said, hey, one of our high schools needs a fresh soft coach, so then I kind of got involved in the high school game as well and ended up coaching fresh soft at Heritage High School with, and then JV and varsity assistant and goalkeepers for boys and girls, 
got some teams at Colorado United and kind of just grew from there. Well, you're all in because uh, we see here that, uh, you know, you had that sports management pursuit and now you just completed the Ohio University program that is also attached to the United Soccer Coaches. Talk about those two years as part of that program. Yeah, I thought it was a great experience. I thought a lot of it, the best experience was probably the people that I met through like the residencies and just the relationships formed there. And actually one of those kind of landed me a job here in Utah as a director of goalkeeping. So just kind of knowing those people tied into that. It's a good experience and learned a lot more of like the management side of the game and the other aspects that you don't really think about coaches doing as much of. Well, and through that program, that's how you ended up in Utah and your new and current job. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I'm currently the director of goalkeeping um, at Utah Storm. Levin and I basically work with all the ages in the club, boys and girls, and kind of run the goalkeeping program. And then I also coach an 04 girls team, premier level. Ashley Armstrong, I hope it also means that you'll make the trek to Philadelphia for this year's convention. Tell me you will be there. I will be there. All right, and we'll recognize you then for sure on Friday night. I'll be up on that big stage. Hope to say hello to you. Thanks for being with us here on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Congrats on all your success. Yeah, thank you, and thank you for having me. Thank you, Ashley Armstrong. Thank you, Jeremy Gunn, the head coach of the Stanford Cardinal. You're back-to-back-to-back national champions, winners again of the Men's College Cup. Rob Kehoe from the United Soccer Coaches and Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for the United Soccer Coaches. also want to thank all the good folks at the United Soccer Coaches, especially Ashley Goodrich, Kurt Austin, and Jeff Van Dusen. All three of them reminded me to tell you that uh, if you're listening right now, you need to act now to secure the best rate on registration for the 2018 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. Register by Friday, December 15th. That's Friday, December 15th to save $100 during the early registration period. On Saturday, December 16th, the price increases for all attendees, so don't wait. Visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org to learn more and register today. The NSCAA is now United Soccer Coaches. We aren't changing who we are, just what you call us. Start your free no-risk trial membership today. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join.